Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, the podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater week by week and show by show. And today, a special guest. Oh my goodness, another special guest. You yes, are it's... always blessing us with special guests. Yes, but this one's extra special. They're coming back, uh, really hardcore coming back. Please join me in welcoming the host and creator of Tell Me on a Sunday podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network, writer and performer of To Free a Mockingbird, singer, actress, and baby Annette herself, Grace Saki! Oh my god. It's me, Baby Annette. Daddy kills people. (laughs) Um, I won't sing at the Super Bowl because Daddy's a big meanie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Grace, I am so happy you're here. Um, I am so happy to see your face. Um, And this is the first recording we're doing post meeting in person. Like we met at Broadway Con and hung out for a bit. You guys look the same in person. It's really, really great. I like it when people... It was so long ago. <laughs> it was so long ago. But I also don't think I've seen anyone else in the world since then. So for me, this Ooh. is like the, the next thing. So thank you guys for having me back on the show. And it's so crazy to me to think about like the shows that we have covered like as a unit. I'm so honored to have been a part of so many of your shows. So thank you for having me back. But like we've really run the gamut. We have. There's like sometimes with Brent, you can see like where the logical fall is. Yeah. You're you're Spring Awakening, Waitress, then Winnie the Pooh, and then Assassins for a bonus one. You are all over. Then Annette, nothing. Nothing is consistent. And it's wonderful. And today is another left turn. A hard left (laughs) into into the the Poconos. Where is this set? Like upstate New York. I'm gonna say the it cat was, uh, skills. The cat skills. It was the ca- it was the cat skills. Yeah. Um, join us in talking about what I think. If anyone knew you were coming back on the show, they'd already guessed this was what we would be covering. But we are talking about the Billy Crystal Broadway musical, Mister Saturday Night. I'm here to bring a little joy. Look at me sing now, watch me dance. Oh, hey, you're gonna like my stick. You've eaten kugel till you're sick. Boy, I'd hate to be your pants. I'm young, but every joke's a pearl. Got better legs than Milton Burl. Been waiting for the chance since I was a boy to bring you all a little. I promise you this year will bring you all a little. All right, folks, here's what we're going to do. Mr. Saturday Night was written by Billy Crystal, Lowell Gantz, and Babalu Mandel, with music and lyrics by president of the Jason Robert Brown fan club, Jason Robert Brown, and Amanda Green, based on Mr. Saturday Night, a film by Billy Crystal. The production began previews on Broadway at the Nederlander Theater on March 29, 2022, prior to opening officially on April 27th. On July 17, 2022, the production announced its closing for September 4th, 2022, after 28 previews and 116 performances. It is also one of the wonderful shows that got a pro shot, and it's very, very good, so you should check that one out. The plot of Mr. Saturday Night is the story of Buddy Young Jr., an outrageous and outspoken comedian who found fame in the early days of television. Now, some 40 years after he hit the top, Buddy will take one last shot at reclaiming the spotlight and his family, one hilarious step at a time. Grace, I don't think I've seen you get this excited for a musical ever. Like, sincerely. Wait, Please for real? T- <laughs> sincerely. Like, okay. your Twitter was all Billy Crystal all the time when yeah. the show, from announcement to closing date. You know what? Sometimes you, I mean, I've been known to like, and this is, again, not a show comparison. I need to be very clear. Um, someone once described me as, Grace will pick the three-legged dog. And I and that's why you're on our podcast. all the And time. that's why I'm on your podcast all the time. And look at my exes. But I think it's it's funny. Like, you know, I, I just get so excited at like, I'm like, oh, I feel like I can understand that audience or I feel like it's not going to be the biggest blockbuster, but I'm here for it. And here's why um, there's an upcoming Broadway show um, called Shucked that's in a similar can- funny enough, going to be happening at the Nederlander that I'm like, I actually really enjoy this sense of humor. I'm excited about whatever that prospect is. And I don't think it's going to be the the 
big like uh, Mamma Mia Jersey Boys moment. It might be something very different, but I get excited by that. So the second I even heard about Mr. Saturday Night, the film becoming a show, because it's been in workshops forever, and then knowing that Billy and David Paymer were going to be in it, that just that's a comic gold mine. And so um, it's it's like hearing years later they're making um, Oh Hello the musical, and it's the same guys. Ooh. I know. But you know what I mean? Like, you'd be like, holy crap, like, this is for me. Like, this is my Christmas. So, yeah, I I just attach myself, I feel like, too early to those nerdy things. It's not nerdy. And (laughs) we've already set up your connection to a lot of Nora Ephron things. You joined us uh, to talk about your 10 favorite rom-coms with me. Um, So we do have a precedent, at least as far as the show goes. Um, And we also love the three-legged dogs on this show. Literally last week, we did an entire episode defending Sondheim's The Frogs. Yes. Who would have thunk? (laughs) Yeah, you have to. It's Uh, great. (laughs) um, What was your history with the film, Mr. Saturday Night? Like, was that a big part of your growing up or did you do it just because you of this musical? No, it wasn't a big part of me growing up because it came out the year I was born into the world. Um, so it's exactly... 1991? Well, yeah, 1992-ish. So it's like 30 years okay. old. So it was, it was about when I came into the world. And so it wasn't a part of my history and journey with it because the show premise did not interest me until I was much older because it was like, a has-been comic died, but not really. And I was like, I don't want to see him die. I love him. So <laughs> I didn't understand what it was. But Babalu um, and Lowell are too comedic, like partner duo geniuses and so if you look at their canon it was very much in the in the vein of like shit that i fucked with you know what i mean but this one wasn't part of my like comic history of learning for for all time when i went back to look at like billy's filmography it was in there and i was like where did i miss this like throw mama from the train was also on that list with him and and danny devito directed that right and i don't know if you've ever seen that but absolutely oh, yeah, seen it. yeah put it on the list because it's absolutely like could you see that jason robert brown musical <laughs> um i'd much rather see robots the musical starring robin williams and ewan mcgregor adapt that one robin williams can't star in anything um, tell that to what they're doing to fucking uh, actors with AI tech. He can start whatever he wants forever now. Just get the guy from Mr. Dow- Mrs. Doubtfire. No, <laughs> Rob McClure. Yeah. I, I, no, Will Smith. What's he doing lately? Oh, Will Smith is a classic Rob Williams uh, replacement. But I mean, he did Shark Tale. So if we're going to really stick to the canon, I think that that's the move, right? Oh, yeah. Shark Tale the musical? Yeah. Ooh, ooh! Now there. I hope nobody creative is listening to this shit. Please don't they do that. They already did B movie the musical, so and Shrek the musical, so there is a precedent there. Shrek is the holy grail. You can't even enter this conversation comparing those things to Shrek. Yeah, we were really going to say Shrek and Shark Tale are on the same level. I mean, <laughs> okay, Mega Mind. <laughs> Someone call the Academy. Mega Mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew, what did you think of Mr. Saturday Night based on your one watch of this pro shot? Uh, Mr. Saturday Night, um, Billy Crystal's in it for sure. <laughs> I, I think it's very funny when he's trying to pretend to be a uh, a young kid. I love that they just put they put like youthful clothes on. You didn't see how Honestly, funny it was for him to pretend to be an old man in the film. <laughs> we just need to combine the two. Get actual old him and then intersplice it with the film where he's... Okay, I actually thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> like, no lie. A lot of the jokes landed, but I just, I felt like it didn't, it didn't have much to say, uh, which is fine. I think as a, as a comedy show, it did what it had to do. Uh, and it's cool that Billy Crystal is back in his own, his own adaptation of a movie that he did, uh, what, 40 years ago? 30 years ago. <laughs> 30 years ago? That's that's cool. Most actors don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was a little jump scared at the end because I didn't know much about this aside. Grace Aki loved the show and that uh, Billy Crystal started it and I, it was based on a film. So I kind of went into this pro shot relatively blind and then I was like, got to the end. Oh, I enjoyed that. And then composed by Jason Robert Brown. And I was like, <laughs> huh? Okay. It's really not his style, I thought. But like, what is? Can I just say that? (laughs) Because I think forever we have thought that. No, I'm right there with you, dude. Like, I think that we have decided what his style is. And he's the parade guy. He's the parade guy. He's the last five years guy. guy. He's the piano guy. Songs for New World. 
But if you compare those shows that we believe to be JRB shows, and then you compare it to Honeymoon in Vegas, Bridges over Madison or Bridges of Madison County, and this one, 13, they really don't line up with those other shows that we go, that's JRB, that's JRB. Anytime you like some kind of like piano interlude, that's him. But then these other, like, especially like film to musical iterations don't sound like that all the time. So I think that it for for his for the pieces that he's done that are turning an, an existing property into something else. Those have a tone. And then the original pieces have what we believe to be the JRB tone, right? It's it's like he was thinking he was going to do, okay, one for me, one for them, but he's just stuck in the one for thems forever. Because he was attached. What if, what if these are the one for me's, though? What well, if he's just a huge Mr. Saturday Night fan? Maybe. I think he might just be a Billy <laughs> Crystal fan, which might be its own thing. But he was attached to A League of Their Own, the musical, Once Upon a Time. He was attached to King Kong, the musical. He was attached to more musicals than he's probably ever written and dropped out in his own words because he didn't feel emotionally connected to it. What made Mr. Saturday Night be the one that he's emotionally connected to? Maybe just working with Billy Crystal or because he met the writers from doing A League of Their Own and that falling through and then deciding, hey, this would be fun. I was going to say, I mean, a lot of these times, these composers, it's like, you know, these film companies pitch to like 10 composers and say, write us a spec of three songs. And then the producers and and film companies go, well, we like that vein of this the best. And we trust this person because we've worked with them in a previous creative capacity. So sometimes it's not, it's definitely not usually on the artist's onus to be like, I want to do that one. (laughs) Like it's usually these companies being like, all right, you, because like, for example, um, our, our good bestie, Drew Gasparini, did Night Shift the musical with, um, I think it was Warner Brothers that was, uh, you know, they were doing, um, they were they were turning Babalu and Lowell's Night Shift into a musical. He did the music for that, right? And then I don't think that that exactly like fizzled the way that they wanted it to or whatever. I'm not like speaking out of turn, they just, they didn't keep going. And then, but that, you know, film company goes like, hey, wait a second. We liked your style. Would you consider it's kind of a funny story? You know what I mean? Like the next iteration of what he's doing. So sometimes it's like, what? Isn't he doing Karate Kid next? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is going to a Karate Kid musical? Yeah, it premiered in St. Louis last year. Yeah, Andrew, don't you know these things? Don't you work for a Broadway podcast network? If it's not on Broadway, I don't need to know about it. Okay. Ooh, sick burn to all <laughs> you other mofos yeah, out fuck there. Fuck you, Drew Gasparini. <laughs> fuck you, local theaters. Um, no. I do have a conspiracy theory, so I'm going to put on my conspiracy theory hat. Um, Joe Iconis did a song called Lydia's Song, which is obviously for Beetlejuice. And I'm like, was that on a spec for Warner Brothers that Joe Iconis turned in and then just put on his album? I'm sure. I mean, yeah, it has to be right. Like they were they were working on that forever. And like Chris Fitzgerald was playing Beetlejuice years ago uh, in an early workshop. You know, Danny Pudi was playing uh, Adam in one workshop. Yeah, it's it. All these all these film iterations have a bunch of and it's funny because my partner was in one of the first Mr. Saturday Night um, workshops and they got to tell me all about how it was to work with all those people in the room. And they would they would just do these little bits of like, hey, um, this joke, can we like do like a rhythm of it? And they would like this this word isn't as funny as this word, because this word like is Connecticut funnier than like Kalamazoo. Like they would do like little jokes like that. And you would see these comic geniuses like working in a room with David, with Billy, like David Paymer was not meant to do the show. Like they were like, we know Billy's going to be a part of it. Right. But then last minute, there was another actor in those workshops playing David's role. And then he had to, like, back out or something. And then Billy's like, well, David did it in the film. I'm going to call and see if he's free. And then he showed up. So it's like, <laughs> what? You know, and then it was like back to old days. Then they couldn't imagine it probably without those two as a duo, which made the, the show on Broadway even more sweet to see these two people actually playing the ages that they're meant to be 30 years ago <laughs> without all the makeup, right? So it's, it's kind of weird. Honestly, the show, in my opinion, wouldn't work without him. <laughs> I think he is the secret stuff. And also in the movie, yeah. he's the only one to get nominated for anything. I think he, was, he got nominated for an Oscar for his performance in the movie. So really... I, I think that he is the secret sauce and they made the right call bringing him back. Yeah. 
I fully Although agree. Although it does make Randy Graff stand out a bit more. You mean like in an age way? More in a theater actor versus comedy way, comedian yeah, way. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Like, she's very good and doing the theater actor thing, but it's the directing versus to like, oh, let's let's boob around and have some fun kind of vibes. Like, Billy you know, Crystal. But that's, it's what? It, it works with the story, right? It does. I mean, I, I don't know. They're, they're supposed to be like that. Andrew, tell us what the story of Mr. Saturday Night is really quick. Buddy Young Jr. is uh, ironically old, um, <laughs> not young. <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> He uh, was a former comedian that has kind of fallen off. Uh, used to do like, uh, well, he used to be Mr. Saturday Night, right? That's the yeah. that's the intention here. Uh, he was a uh, stand-up comedian that had his own like late night show. Um, but something went down, and now he's not really in the scene anymore. But he wants to get back, um, and he finds a chance to get back when the Emmys accidentally say that he's dead. Uh, oops. <laughs> the in memoriam sequence of the Emmy Awards, they show his face and his name. <laughs> I am, okay, we're yes. going to pause there. Andrew asked me this and I didn't have a good answer. And I know you saw this live, Grace. How do they integrate the TV elements yeah, in the stage I show? I was wondering that. Like the, uh, oh, wait, is the is the HD, like the Broadway HD capture, does it show the clip? Yes. <gasps> Oh, wait, that's really cool. Okay, they it, basically you saw Billy sitting in front of a television set and it was like, oh, but they don't. And then they okay. they in VO like are playing that. And I believe if I remember correctly, there was a screen that came down that was the like what he was seeing on the TV screen above him, okay. if I remember that correctly. But that's so cool. Of- TV inserts and Andrew asked a good question. I was like, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, because the yeah the the pro shot they they actually show like the TV. It's like you you watching the TV. The theatrical element of watching Billy's face react was, I feel like, probably more funny than getting to just yeah. actually see the clip. Because sometimes yeah. not seeing the thing is more interesting and funny than actually saying it. He he's obviously not dead. Uh so he gets invited onto uh like a uh today show. I think it is the today show he gets invited on. They actually say it's the today show. And it's Sheen uh, Shallot. They address him by name. <laughs> I was shook it. And he is a hit. He he's he's very funny on this today show and he wants to to keep going. Um and and really push it and it's it's from there it's it's I mean there's a whole flashback section where we get to see his past um and how he met his wife how he started his career how his brother got used to help manage him but he yeah he got cucked big time um i think it uh ends it ends with him like really reinvigorating his career with uh, a new director and uh re reigniting his relationship with his family as well which yeah. is a whole other aspect. You didn't bring up the daughter, daughter once. Yeah, um, that's pretty important. It is pretty important, especially in like the second half. Jeez, um, mm-hmm. I'm so bad at explaining stories. <laughs> that's why we have you do it. All right, Grace, how do you think he did? I think that that was pretty concise. I think that that said what it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would sum this up as a good old boomers. You are actually right. You know what? You do know who Buddy Hackett is, and you're better than us because of that. What? That was the vibe I got through a good chunk of Act One, where it's like, man, boomers, don't these kids not know any of these people that you know? They're stupid because of that. You're the one that's right. They, that's true, though. Like, I don't know any of the people that they know. They are better than me. But I think it's, I think that the way that they articulated and performed some of these, quote, characters that were real people and or famous were done in a way that didn't ostracize the audience. So, like, if you knew who Gene Shallot was, you were laughing your ass off. If not, a dude in a crazy wig and a voice came out. That's still funny. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think that anybody, if some person brought their, like, grandchild and, and they were willing to already, you know, see this Billy Crystal musical, I don't think they'd be like, you know what really took me out of it that I didn't know who Gene Shallot was and everybody else was laughing. Also, you're going to see a show with Billy Crystal. Like you're there to see Billy Crystal, right? Yeah. Like, right. That's what this. That's who. That's who this is for. So you know who these people are. 
<laughs> I was more referring to the big song Timing, which is in Act yes. 1. Yeah. Where it's just like, look at this stupid millennial. Isn't she stupid? She's not as good as us. Back then, you couldn't ride on one gimmick. Back then, there was an art. Spit takes and tumbling. Now there's just mumbling. And, and what set them apart? They had timing. Confused to perfect their time. Like, that was the vibe. And then they're like pandering to the audience who's like, yeah, you tell her. You you make her feel stupid. You nag her. Yeah. Like they really did treat that poor woman poorly. As a yeah, you know, as a, a young woman, if you want to call it that still, um yeah. that does comedy, I can't tell you how many times people have said, like, oh, well, you really need to study the grades. And I'm like, well, since I was five years old, I've been watching Abbott and Costello and doing all this research, mm-hmm. but you don't know me and you don't know that. And it feels really degrading. And it's kind of like, okay, well, this is why people feel like, like they can't do anything right. You know what I mean? Like, who are you exactly. to assume? So I agree with you. And and then, but they do make that character out to be like, okay, well, I did my homework. And like, now I can talk to you. Like, let's come with some grace here. Yeah. <laughs> respect me as I come as someone trying to help you like it bothered me that specific moment really kind of and her being a woman of color like one of the few in the show you're like all right (laughs) that this woman of color has nothing better to do with her life than to promote an old white man back into society that she's there to be taught something and not her to teach them maybe a thing or two like yeah. Maybe you old timers need to get with the new stuff. Learn something. No, because then boomers won't come to see this because then they'll be preached at. They want they want to sit back and relax, not lean forward and learn something. They want Hey. Um the problem is I sound negative, but I, this is literally the only thing I have a problem with. But listen, once you got him in the seat, do whatever you want. <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? Like you got That's- their money. That's when Act Two happens. They really convince you, like, "Hey, you're in. We're gonna stroke your egos, Boomer." Then Act Two is like, "You're a shitty parent. You're a garbage <laughs> yeah. parent, and you should feel bad." And then oh, it's like, man. "Oh no!" Act Two, they definitely lean into that. That's like the whole thing with Act Two. And I appreciated it <laughs> sincerely. It was greatly appreciated. How, the heel turn it took. Um, we should talk about the daughter. We I feel should. Like we haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, we. we just now mentioned it, but we, we probably should have. So she is also an aspiring uh, comedian who, or is, is it just an actress? I'm not sure. Or actor. I don't think she's aspiring anything. She's just kind of a person trying to live her life what? and she get jobs. She, she says she's trying to get, sh- was it not shows? No. Am I? No, no. Am I she, just reading into She literally that? just wanted to get work. She had just had a really hard oh, okay. go of it, um, mm-hmm. which I think is good that they don't try to make it out to be like she's trying to follow in his footsteps. She's literally right. just trying to survive. Um, the daughter is one of my favorite parts of this. Um, I like the fact that she, okay, I like the fact that she's not just a teenage daughter. She is a full grown woman um, that is not on her feet. And I feel like you don't get a lot of those in, as far in anything. And Buddy is such a fuck. He's such an asshole. He's so bad to her. Like, she tries to get a job and he's like, how much does it pay? Ten cents? Oh, that's more than you made last time or whatever. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you think of her character, Grace? Yeah, you know, it's weird because, like, I wonder how much of this is autobiographical. I really do. because. Because some of it, you're like, seems a little on the nose. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you're like, oh, and I agree with you. I mean, they don't, I don't think that they glamorize or try to shy away from the fact that he's being really shitty. Like, Mm -hmm. he's not being a good parent. It's not like, oh, man, tough love. Like, it's definitely, like, obviously, like, this is not a good relationship. And you can't mend it with a check at the end of the show. You can't, you know, but that he's like going to try because he's not a good person. Like he does not treat people well. And you kind of learn that's why his career has spiraled was because of his communication and his actions and like the way he regarded people. And even like back to his brother, him being like, no, you know, carte blanche, like I'm this is the girl that I'm taking out. And he was like, oh. Well, I kind of like bumped into her earlier at the Catskills and I really liked her. You know, it's kind of like, Jesus, <laughs> is a selfish asshole. Um, I mean, that being said, 
it also takes the agency away from the wife there to yeah. choose whatever. My guess she's just gonna bang one of these bros. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> Your choice doesn't matter. Uh, no, but um, it, yeah, I felt like they did not shy away from the fact that this was not okay, and that she like just just wanting to be a good person was enough for her, and I did appreciate that. But I noticed in a lot of musicals especially now that we have better lenses on the way that we write women and their choices and their agency. Like, what does it have to do with the acceptance of another man? Does it have to do with like, you know, where, where are we stemming all this from? Can they just have hopes and dreams that don't exist within the guise of, of, of acceptance by some dude? Um, so yeah, I, but I, I just appreciate that Shoshana was so incredibly, um, yeah, she was just awesome. Like, she was strong, and she was cool, and she was, like, connected. Like, she genuinely went toe-to-toe with all of those vets. Like, regardless of, like, Broadway TV film, like, those were heavy hitters, and she is in her own right as well, but she had, yeah. like, decades less than them on, you know... But she sang each and every one of them right off the stage. <laughs> Anytime she sings, she's, like, blowing everyone away. She was my first Elphaba. I saw her when she was the first replacement on Broadway uh, alongside Megan Hilty. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I'm not seeing the original cast. I was like a child. And then I was blown away by them. And I was like, well, now I'm a forever fan. But um, no, she definitely did. And I think that she brought a lot of great nuance to that character because she's not only an incredible singer, but she's an actress. And like, there's a reason that for a long time she was leading Lempika. Like, you know, she's she's a powerful powerhouse i cannot agree more um on that note um i don't really care what the theater critics had to say about this which is just basically like billy crystal's great but everyone else um it's kind of boring that, that was basically it like jason robert brown's score is a store fest like everything else like i don't give a shit so we're skipping that today I don't give a fuck what the New York critics had to say. Let's compare our opinions to the insane <laughs> motherfuckers on Letterboxd.com. It's time for previews. We get to see some real reviews this time. All right. Andrew, you and Grace are going head to head. Grace goes first because she's our guest. Do you remember the rules, Grace? <laughs> no, remind me of the rules. I am going to read you a real letterboxed review of Mr. Saturday mm. Night, and you have to tell me, based just on the review alone, if it was a one-star or a five-star review. One or five? Let's do this. Yeah. There that is sounds no, really difficult. There is no middle ground that is only one or five. Here we go. Grace, the review is... Billy! Exclamation point. Five? That is a one. All right. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Wait, that was me. No. That, they sounded really excited about it, though. <laughs> okay. All right, you ready? We're in for a tough one. I had seen this before, but didn't realize until 40 minutes in. <laughs> what kind of review is that? Jeez, um, well, I mean, they forgot the whole fucking movie, so I guess, I guess one star. That is incorrect. That was a five. All what? right. <laughs> Everyone needs to stop using the internet. This is misleading. Continue. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the funny thing is, Billy Crystal is this guy now. What? That is correct. Oh, but also sad. <laughs> All right. Andy. But he also literally is because he's playing him on stage. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The review is period. It's literally just the period dot. You've got to be fucking kidding me. It's just a fucking period? Yeah. Five stars. That is correct. Yeah. I, I heard that as like period. <laughs> literally someone just hit the period and was like, that's all I have to say about Mr. Saturday That's Night. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Is there anything more to say, really? Grace. Billy Crystal jacking off for two hours. Five. <laughs> that is a one star, but if we actually got that video on his OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> $150 seats in the front row, baby. <laughs> yeah, I brought my poncho. I hear I'm in the splash zone. You know what's sad? You just set a price that is less than premium Broadway prices. I know. <laughs> what is it, like $500,000 now? <laughs> I believe it is Andrew's turn. All right, here it is. We don't deserve David Paymer, and neither does this movie. Rude. Um, One? I mean, one, right? It's like, a five star. I don't know how to justify it. <laughs> like, the movie is so insanely good that, like, it doesn't deserve it. I don't even know what to do with that. Secondary lead, I know. All right. 
<laughs> Good movie. Bad makeup. One. That is correct. All right, Andrew. The makeup is very important. If you don't get this, <laughs> Grace wins. Oh boy. The old age makeup is better in this than in Seven Hundred Sundays. <laughs> Seven Hundred. Su- I don't think I know what that one is. Oh, Me neither. And guys. Grace. Grace. Is this important? Up, oh, up. Oh, she's getting up. She's getting up. No, no. Oh, keep we, going. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. All right, what do you I doing? feel like I'm missing valuable context, but you know what? I'm still just going to guess uh, that it's a five star. That is a one star, and Grace won it, but she's not here. If she's not here, she's going to get Something. 700 Sundays. Okay, really sad because I have the full commemorative program from 700 Sundays, which was Billy Crystal's solo show, and it's available to watch on HBO, I still believe, that was autobiographical about his relationship with his dad and baseball. But I do have here... <laughs> <laughs> the special Broadway Cares full cast signed Mr. Saturday Night poster. <laughs> but no, there, the 700 Sundays is like one of the things that actually made me want to write a solo show um, because of how he presented. It's like one of the most like star, like there was like Whoopi's show and then like Billy Crystal's show as far as like star led written and performed shows on Broadway. Um, there was one by... Lily Tomlin a few years ago as well, um, The Search for Science of Intelligent Life, but it was written with her wife. Um, so yeah. But yeah, so Billy's very much known on Broadway for that. On that note, let's go into a mid-show and then talk about some of these songs. <laughs> hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shit, 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 you. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, what's Patreon? Patreon's where you go if you want to give us extra money and also get some extra content. We have Rugrats stuff up. We we officially do as of right now. Watch us and still not have it up by then. Nope, we're doing it. We're recording it tomorrow of today. Uh, <laughs> and we I love can, the Rugrats. We love the Rugrats. <laughs> Grace, what's your favorite Rugrat? Oh, is it Kimmy? Kimmy the Rugrat? Yeah. It is Kimmy. I love Kimmy. There was, well, my favorite part of the Rugrat, yeah, it's definitely Kimmy, obviously, but uh, Rugrats in Paris is like one of the greatest films, Susan Sarandon starring, um, of all yep. time, and like that little boy looking out, or like, t- well, who is it? Uh, Chucky, Chucky looking out the window, and that song, like, okay, it's if so you have a dead parent, good fucking luck. You can't, you can't watch <laughs> no, that movie. You're not making it through. No. You can't. So anyways. I love the part where they are doing mom and child dances and no one picked up Chucky and he's just the one child there not able to dance with anyone. It's brutal. And like, I'll never forget. Actually, this was a formative moment of culture, like queer culture for me was when they actually ripped the dress when when the bad woman, Susan Sarandon, is walking down the aisle and they ripped the dress. And then you see her like undergarments underneath. Do you remember this? And I was oh, like, I remember and this. I went, oh, one of the babies says, I see London, I see, I see France, France I, see I see underpants. Yes. And I was yep. like, okay, but she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt that way about uh, Kimmy's mom, though. I was like, okay, but she's hot. See? See? Wow. It's, yeah. And I think that might important. have formed it's an me movie. later in my life. I'm not going to unpack okay, our, that here. <laughs> our current patrons are, and boy, I'm going to try to read this as fast as I can. Hurry up. Melissa Goldman, Danielle Rennix, Justice Stampede, Ewan Cassidy, Monica Thoreau, Mina Maniri, Brent Black, with Daniel Stacey Coombe, Joseph Evans Green, Mary Lou Choquette, John Vanals, Russ Walker, Musical Health, Kyle Summers, Shanae C, Scoot in the Technico, or Dreamcoat, Liz Lim, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Taxes, Thesbian, Ren Cullen, Raphael Martinez Salaz, Jessica T, Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Katie McDonough, uh, Chris Marcote, Kiji Marie Anastasio, Trevi Joseph, Leela, RJ Nariga, Charlie B, Bjorn Hermans, Erica S, Toriana Frazier, Sammy the Most Lopez, Liana Morton, Kaylee Blazier, Cinemageddon Reviews, Villainous Miss, Sophina Ali, The Omega Geek, Paige Pearson, Maddie Wargle, Eliza Erdman, Anna Loskatova, Jessica Veray, Sarah Den Blaker, Evan, Evan Ball, Zachary Torres, v- Gathering Party Before Venturing Forth, uh, Rora Marasso, Mara Forloin, Captain Rodtastic, uh, Lisa L. and Sarah Walsh. These people give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here, musicals and cheese. Even if you'd like to join them in supporting us, get into all those fucking cool perks, come join us over there. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm not gonna lie. None of these songs really stuck with me, no. but the ones that did, really did. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
in as far as Act One goes, I still got it is probably my favorite song in the entire Act One. Look at me stand, they left me for dead. So now what the hell have I got? So let's make a plan. Maybe instead, this could lead to one more shot. Stan, you know, I know, you know, I can do it. In my bones, nothing to it. I'll be funny till the day I die. Sure, I'm old, but look, my mic hand is steady. Still upright and I'm ready. Do I pack away the tucks and tie and lie here growing fungus? That's what they want me to do. I'm nowhere stand, but nowhere nearly through. I wanna show those bastards I still got it. I still got it. Stan, all I need is a shot. I still got it. I still got it. You can choke on all the it that I got. It's just such a like moment where Billy Crystal gets to show like his singing voice, which I keep forgetting how good he is at singing until he starts. I didn't even know he could sing. <laughs> It's awesome, right? It's so satisfying because you're like, oh, it's not just like this older man. They're like, oh, he tried. Like he really fucking gives it. Like I, I think that I, I, I do champion JRB for like absolutely showcasing him in the best light and yeah. whomever was on the vocals team to like make sure that he was like happy and healthy throughout the whole process because he sounded great. Like it was really satisfying that he could get numbers to himself. And it wasn't like Mr. Saturday Night featuring people that do musicals and Billy Crystal. Like it was, And he has like the one song where he's like talking every lyric. He's just like, I'm it's singing. It's not a Rex Harrison. I'm a sentimental man. <laughs> yeah. Who always long to be a father. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, no, he really does sing. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's impressive that he's able to do that. I don't know how old he is. Um, he's got to be pushing 80, right? He's the age of Buddy Young Jr. Because even when he's dancing, like when he gets the energy up. He's 74. Okay. He's, he, okay. He's a little younger than I expected him to be. I'm not going to lie. 74. 74. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> 74 to be doing what? Like two shows a night? <laughs> what? <laughs> one show a night? I don't uh, know. Eight shows a week. <laughs> eight shows a week? I don't know what the hell they do. And the do. fact that you know if you're out you're going to disappoint basically the entire audience because you are the selling point. So he really can't be out. Mm, no, there's no understudy for him. Yeah, they canceled a show one time. <clears throat> once, once. That's incredible. Uh, and it's it, crazy. <laughs> and to his credit, he sells it. And yeah, they're playing to his strengths, but good. Fuck that. Like That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, anytime he's trying to pander to the audience or recognizing that the audience is there it is magic <laughs> i mean case in point the tony performance i mean he he hammed that shit up like they they could not have selected better you know that that performance is usually a commercial for the life of the show and the way they showcased him and shoshana bean i was like they nailed it like it's mm. great because what did he do he did jazz scat but with uh yiddish yes. <laughs> which was Absolutely incredible, both at the Tonys and in the pro shot. The audience could not keep up in the pro shot. And doesn't that make him look so good, though, to be like, y'all can't even keep up, and I'm out here 74 <laughs> dancing and singing and doodly bop noodling. It's it's true. It was like it was almost embarrassing for the audience that they couldn't they couldn't do what he was doing. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people his age and older out there too. So yeah, true. They they showed some some shots of the audience, and it was not uh, it was not a young crowd. It wasn't the Hamilton crowd. When I went in, I lowered the median age by nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I walked You're in right. and I was like, I'm gonna leave here. Like I I hope that my energy got absorbed in a way like Mother Gothel from Tar uh, Tangled. Is it was it the beach that makes you old? Yeah, you went in there and you. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I, I I for one am not gonna be going to the ba beach that makes you old. I will be going to <laughs> Mr. Saturday Night, especially at, if Annie is gonna sing "What If I Said," which I really do like. I I felt like that was like the first proper musical theatery like let's pass time through plot through song number. 
and not just like, hey, let's have a song because it's fun. What if I said that I'm here because I believe in you? What if I said that I know life's been unfair? What if I said I don't pity you, you mean old cranky bastard? But you're funny, and your kind of funny's rare. What if I said we could both make something happen here? What if I asked for some faith here in advance? Just let me go to bat for you. I think it's time you got your due, and I could be your second chance. Listen, kid, you don't know what you're getting involved in with. I really like that song. I don't know why that one stuck with me. Maybe it's just because it's a different kind of vibe than everything else that came before or after it. I don't know. Do you remember the song, Andrew? This is like the part where he is doing the other jobs and he keeps ruining them all. Yes. <clears throat> Good Lord. This part is embarrassing. Um, not because the show is bad or anything, but holy crap, the way he ruins every single one of his jobs is like, dude, what the fuck? He, he turns his the commercial he's doing into him just saying that he shit his pants and he poopied his pants and he just keeps saying it like over and over. And you're like, buddy, what is this? A musicals with cheese episode? <laughs> you can't do that. You have to. Yeah. He should have been booked on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Grace, what songs do you really like in this show? Cause I know there's gotta be a ton. I, well, here's the thing. I really liked the, the trio of, um, kind of like comedic trio, uh, that, mm-hmm always like followed us throughout the show and through the years at Farber's and like through the TV show. And I, I love when there's a cast of characters that get to kind of like splice themselves out into multiple facets. Like that was so joyful. That was classic comedy. That was, you know, super fun. So anytime that they were featured was a, a highlight of the show, but I think that like a little joy that kind of like seemed to kind of like through line the whole show of like Billy's theme was was probably one of my favorites. And then, of course, Shoshana, like, anything she sang was great. But um, I love David Pamer's number, Broken. Like, I thought that it was a really beautiful yes. little moment. And, like, it, know, knowing that these two people have now reached a time in their career, I would have loved for the show to have lasted a little bit longer, for there to be some kind of peace acknowledging, like, what has changed in your life as a comic, as an actor, <laughs> like from the 30 years you were performing it then, what was going through your head to now, you know? Cause I just feel like those songs would have hit different if they had been in the film, you know, early on. So, and Bob mm-hmm. and Lowell, like those guys were writing with them also, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Like it's kind of crazy, but those, those were the songs that I was like, this feels special in a different way, not because of the songwriting and not because of this, but because of the people that yeah. are doing them. That's what felt cool. So you needed me back. So I gave up my own life and tough. But no matter how much that I give you, it's never enough. Then you do one more terrible thing that I'm forced to defend. Where does it end, A.B.? Where does it end? I tried, but something inside is broken. I gave up my life to help you, and you don't care. You break my heart, you don't have a clue. You just always make it all about you. You're broken, broken, broken. I think Broken's probably my favorite song in the entire show. Yeah. And the New York Times review was like, yeah, it's got pathos, but he's just speaks singing through it and barely getting through and can hold the tune kind of. And I'm like, come, come on. Call you know me, that's not me. what this show is. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> this is like, you don't go to this show for that. I, I don't know. You, you go you, there for Yiddish scat. You should know why you're here. This is a, a comedy show with, it's like a, a loving send-off to these people's old-time years, you know? <laughs> Sincerely, I would love a Those You've Known documentary about this on HBO Max more than the fucking Spring Awakening one. Um, I'd rather hear about Billy Crystal showing his vagina to other people. Wow, really exposing Billy today um, for the both of you. <laughs> keep Keep that man. Uh, away but no i think that having some that would have just been a really nice moment and i know that he also wasn't doing a lot of interviews because he was saving 
like himself for the show. I mean, to your point, Andrew, like he literally like he's 73 years old and he was doing like, you know, a six show a week. They didn't have the full like five show weekends um, for this one. And of course, he didn't have an understudy. So we didn't get to have a lot of sound bites. I certainly like begged to 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 have the opportunity. I was like, I know nobody's doing it, but like I promise I come correct. I had a Billy Crystal party at my house. Like I wore it like a sweatshirt from his like, you know, uh charitable comedy tour. And he like when he was signing autographs, he there was only a few people out there and it was during previews and he stopped and he goes, Where did you get that? And I was like, I found it on eBay. And he goes, I love that you wore that. Like it just like made his day. And I was like, I promise. <laughs> Uh, and that didn't happen. But what was funny was I got invited to come to the show, which I'm always very grateful for anytime that happens, because I kept being like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And the tickets were just like very much not in a, in a realm of where I could afford to see it. But I obviously had to see it for um, my mental health. And um, I got invited. But then when I went and I'm, I'm not trying to blame anyone, come, whomever did this, because that's not fair. But I and I famously. Like, I have, like, accessible, like, knee problems and stuff. They sat me on the very last row at the very top of the theater, which never happens if I get invited to something. Like, usually it's for a press thing, so they want me to, like, sit closer or whatever. And it wasn't that I was so far, but I was like, am I being punished for liking and tagging Billy so much that they give me the furthest (laughs) seat? Being like, yeah, now shut up, bitch. Like, now you can see it, but, like, not really. He was literally an ant. I'm here to bring a little joy, ants the musical. Um, starring Woody Allen. Like, it was like, <laughs> um, so I was really bummed, but then I was really uh, lucky and fortunate that I was gifted tickets to the last showing of it with my best friend, oh. who's also a huge Nora Ephron Billy fan. And so we went to Catskill Delicatessen before, and then we went to the show, and we, like, wore all of his memorabilia, and I had, like, his face on a sweatshirt. <laughs> um, but like, it was like a sea of like, probably his friends. Jason Robert Brown was like behind me with Amanda Green and like Babalu and Lowell were there. And I was like, thank you for your service. <laughs> it was so stupid, but I was in a sea of like older people that were probably his friends that were dressed to the nines. Me and my best friend just like super fans and sweatshirts being like, wow, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready, Billy. And he kept like looking down at us and we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every time he would come, we were just like full clapping. It was, it was awesome. It was our like rock star moment. I don't care. I have no regrets. I don't want to go on any further. That's such a beautiful way to wrap this conversation up. Oh my gosh. That is so gorgeous. That sums up everything, <laughs> honestly. Um, but we got to do this stuff. So what's your overall thoughts and your cheese rating, Andrew? All right. All right. Honestly, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not a gigantic Billy Crystal fan, so I can't appreciate it quite as much as uh, as Grace can. But <laughs> but I still thought it was it succeeded at what it was trying to do, which is uh, you know a, a tribute to uh, Billy Crystal in a way, and also just a, a comedic musical. And I think it was it was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, pretty good. As far as a, a cheese rating, I'm still kind of thinking on that. Uh, I, I don't know if there's like a really fitting cheese. I, I guess I'm just not that knowledgeable in Billy Crystal's career, so I don't know what would be great. Can, can we come back to me on that? Oh, sure. Um, Grace, you're up next. Okay, was this the greatest musical written of all time? Not yes. even close. Was it, <laughs> was it a lot of fun and a comedy nerd's dream? Pretty much. Yes. Um, that w- it was it was beautiful. And I think that JRB really did write some great numbers for the people that were a part of that cast, not exterior from that. Like, I don't want to see Rome High School's version of Mr. Saturday Night, all due respect. <laughs> but like, let's not. Um, but that being said, I think I give it like a kosher, extra sharp cheddar. Um, I really in keeping with the theme uh, on a sandwich where the mutton is nice and lean. If you know, you know, Princess uh, hey. Bride. But yeah, I think um, I think this one will always hold a very special place in my heart. I never thought in my adult life I could ever see Billy on stage. And it like makes me emotional when you're like half of like my timing as a child came from you and I get to see you do it in front of your super fans. That was just really special. So I'm incredibly biased to say that the cheese was nice and fresh for me. Beautiful. Grace, that was so beautiful. I'm going to cry over Mr. Saturday Night, which I don't think anyone's ever said before. Um, I like the show a lot. I had a good time. Um, not 
like everything else we've watched, but I'm very grateful it's got a boot or bootleg pro shot. I'm very grateful that <laughs> I'm not sure, a bootleg. I don't. I yeah. I don't think that we can get one. Um, I I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I think this cast is stellar, and it's something you don't see a lot. Um, you don't see a lot of people this age killing it on Broadway, and I appreciated it. So I am giving this um a basil and tomato cheese block from Harper's Field um, Farmstead, which is in the Catskills. Ah, oh, nice. Because I love basil yeah, and tomato. Yeah, I had, I had a similar idea because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't find anything with Billy Crystal, so I'm doing, um, we got uh, Catskills Gold Cheese, which is another Catskill-based cheese. That seems to be the, the best way to do it. Wonderful. All right. On that note, you know who else is a great cheese? Miss Grace Aki is the greatest cheese there is. Grace, why don't you promote your wonderful stuff for people to find it? Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms for the time being at It's Grace Aki. Um, I'm trying to do more on my TikTok. So if that's your vibe, like, please pop over there. And um, yeah, new episodes of Tell Me on a Sunday are coming out soon. I'm really excited about that. Why were, why were there no episodes for a long time? Glad you asked. I'm being sued over some. So all that being said... Um, adore all of these wonderful listeners. I'm always so grateful to be on uh, Musicals with Cheese. I adore you both so, so, so much. Um, we've really, we've had many years now of friendship yeah. and listening and chatting, and it's always a pleasure and it's always a great conversation. So thanks for keeping me in the cheese wheel. Of course. And you'll be <laughs> on again soon, sooner rather than later. Um, on that note, please check out all of Grace's stuff. Um, also your Etsy store and all your painting. I feel like you didn't promote that. I'm so sorry. You're so right. You know, when you do too much, um, that's what happens. So you can go visit my Etsy store. I do a lot of like, especially, um, theater and film related, like watercolors, but I also do custom work, which I'm really excited about. And you can follow those things on at, uh, Grace Aki made it on Instagram or on my Etsy store of the exact same name, Grace Aki made it. So yeah, but you can find that on all my link tree stuff on all my socials. So thank you for mentioning that you have. I've painted your face many times, and I make it much more handsome than the real thing. (laughs) Um, And I appreciate that. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Musicals with Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals, Patreon Musicals with Cheese, Instagram Musicals with Cheese. We're on YouTube at Musicals with Cheese. We have a Patreon-only podcast called Patreon with Cheese. We're going to do the Rugrats. It's probably up. We'll never know. Email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio. Grace, do some ASMR for Juliet right now. Billy Crystal. There we are. (laughs) (laughs) This show is edited by Andrew DeWolf, and he's doing a fucking fantastic job. I think you're doing a great job. Our themes were created by Robin Nash of IOU Music UK. Thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform. And by us, I mean all of us. And we haven't been kicked off yet, so we're going to keep on trying. Um, Does anyone want to try scatting in Yiddish? I, I think it would be offensive gonna, for, for me to even attempt. I'm going to bow out of that. <laughs> and here's my attempt. <gasps> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.